Welcome to season one of the secret world of events, where real event planners and the UK's top suppliers share their tips and tricks for surviving and thriving in this one-of-a-kind industry. Hosted by me, Gavin Alexander, I'm the creative director of the award-winning team that is Gavsy Media. Each episode, we'll have a special guest from the UK's leading event specialist, and in turn, they've invited some event friends to join along in the chat. You'll hear guests share their secrets on how to create a successful event, the do's and do nots of organizing a party, the client experience, finding creativity, thinking outside the box, and you may even hear some crazy stories along the way. Great to have you here. I had decided I wanted to get into events. Don't rush into anything. Left university and pretty much went straight into it. It's just got to happen. So do what you need to to make it happen. I've I've never been one to follow rules. We've spent a lot of time together, (laughs) haven't we? Yes, we have. Always keeping up with trends and fads. How do you manage that, the expectations versus the reality of budgeting? It's always insightful to get a gauge as to what their their reference point is with budget. Pre-COVID, I didn't know what Zoom was. You know, everything is done to a higher level. That detail, Jeremy and the band and the guys will go into, by definition, makes our life easier. There's levels and levels, and that comes in the detail. Joining me today are two giants from the world of events. If you have any vague idea of the UK party planning community, then it will come as no surprise how lucky we are to grab these two for an episode. From white paper events, we have the now legendary Aaron Schlagman. And from music, a show band, the always legendary Jeremy Horowitz. Welcome. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. First time on a podcast. Yes, first time, first time on a podcast. So scale of one to 10, how nervous are the pair of you? Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a solid seven. It's up there. It's up there. It's up there. Well, relax, boys. I've got you all in good hands. So great to have you with us. Um, obviously, I've known both of you boys for many, many years now. I've been in and around the events, but specifically, we're going to dive into both of your careers, the events world as it stands today, and basically tips, tricks, and advice we can give to to those people watching the show. So I'm going to start with you, Aaron, because it feels like appropriately we should. Uh, you're our special guest today, and you've invited Jeremy along. Why have you invited Jeremy along today? Yeah, so other than... Um last minute availability yeah you couldn't find anyone couldn't else, find anyone else. but jeremy and i actually go way way back so um had this been a different scenario we'd be sitting in a secondary school class like two literally two naughty school boys you were hasmonean boys we, weren't you? we were hasmonean boys which I was, I was afraid you were going to bring it up but, um <laughs> yeah that's okay yeah yeah so, okay. We so, seen... so we go very far back so in in the world of events where um, everything is collaborative in one way or another. And so I feel lucky that within that, I'm able to work with somebody who I've known for a long time and, you know, just is, is a friend as much as a business colleague. And so Jeremy will never said anything as nice about <laughs> he you. Has ever. Never said anything now you're going to have to, now you're on the spot. I, I honestly have no words to add to that. Um, <laughs> I thought he was just going to say he was lucky enough to, um, you know, work with somebody he's known for a long time. And I was happy with that. When he threw in friendship as well, um, yeah, it's nice. But it's true. It's true. I can echo those words. Fantastic. My mum, in fact, to the point where my mum used to make Jeremy. Oh, he went home. I know. Well, He's I was going there. to, obviously. Yeah, Your mum used Back to? Back in the day, we, I used to take a spare lunch to school. For Jeremy? For Jeremy. Yeah. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. I don't know. It was easier than probably getting beaten up for it. So we just used to proactively go in there. <laughs> as if, as Beautiful. if. Beautiful. Yeah. Aaron, where did it where did it all start for you in events? So actually, my, my story in the events world is... Um, a little bit of a different one maybe compared to other people in that I never had any intention whatsoever of getting into events. Um, I actually did a plumbing apprenticeship with another good friend of Jeremy's and mine. Uh, Sorry, just stop. Hold, hold on, hold on. You were a plumber? Yeah. 
Yeah. Did you make it? You did the apprenticeship. And I did you the apprenticeship. We did it, and the whole point was to go and live in Israel, which I did that as well. Um, my dad would say I was a crappy plumber, and even now, it's just not even worth getting involved in anything related to that. But that, yeah, that was the idea. And when I found my way back to the UK, in fact, another kudos to Jeremy in in, in that when I came back to the UK, I was approached for. Uh, I was looking around what to do. Jeremy was actually approached for the job that I ended up having. Yes, and it was Jeremy right. that put my name yeah. forward to yeah. the, the company that was running the event at Kinloss, the shul, the space in under the shul there. Wow, uh, you two really worked, my boys. You both got offered a job at a shul. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and I went along. I'd never done an event ever, not a day in my life, nothing, nothing yeah. at all, knew anything about it. And that was it. I got thrown into it. Just uh, the events world is a little bit such that if you're good with people, um, you can learn on the job and that's ex- exactly what I did. And for you, Jeremy, music, did you, I mean, obviously I've just heard you, you kind of were up for a job in, in the synagogue, but where yeah, did you start yeah, in events? Yeah. He, he took my job in the synagogue, which, um, <laughs> all right, we won't talk about that. I had, um, yeah, a little bit more, uh, I guess in terms of I've always been in events as long as I've been in the, uh, my working, my working life started, um, if I go back as far as uni, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. So I ended up doing a degree in um, hotel management at Middlesex University at Bastion of Academic Prowess. The uh, one that back not, in the day we used to call a polytechnic. Exactly. I'm not even sure it was a university. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. Polytechnic. Yeah. I just forgot the word. So just cling on to that university. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Make it sound yeah. posh. So I went there. Um, I did a four-year course. It was a sandwich course. Um, so one year was placement. I worked at the Westbury Hotel in London, checking people in at one in the morning, um, fun things like that. And then I actually worked for a caterer, um, but he had a deli. Remember Steve's Deli? Yeah, Steve's Deli in Yeah, Steve's Deli in Stanmore. Yeah, oh, Steve's Steve's Deli. Stanmore. yeah I don't remember the other reasons. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Another Nicole. episode. <laughs> um, so I was there, but I was driving a van around. I was doing all sorts of fun things that you do in a deli. And um, they actually went more into production, food production. They, they launched a company at the time. I think it was called Great Food Production. And they uh, supplied places like Costco with ready-made kosher meals. And to be honest, the banqueting thing was where I was more interested in. And so I left there and I found a job that my mother at the time found the advert. They were looking for a kosher events manager at the Langham Hilton. At the time it was the Langham Hilton, today it's the Langham London. And I had absolutely no experience other than driving a Ford Transit and delivering people's kiddish around Stanmore, uh, which you could argue is is some all the experience. experience you need. Yeah, yeah, it's all the experience much, you yeah. need. And um, I really, I was going to use the word bluffed my way in, but I think that's what it was because I turned up for the interview and I had no experience in hotels. I had no experience in banqueting, really. But I think they were so excited to find somebody that was willing to deal with Jewish clients. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, that I literally, I can remember till today that my, the, the director of banqueting handed over a pile of so high folders. And he said, well, there you go. Just start calling everybody. And I had absolutely no idea what he was talking about. Genuinely no idea what he was talking about. Um, and that's how I got thrown in. Learned really the hard way. And that was, I was the kosher banqueting manager at the Langham for four years. Fast forwarding on to Musica. Fast forwarding on to Musica. Um, so there was a bit between. I met, um, I had a previous business called Live Events that was the events arm of the Gilev Show Band. Yes. I think you remember. Yeah, I do. And there were three partners in that, uh, myself and two other guys. So that was after I went to the Langham. We then set up Musica together. 
Uh, so we had two bands. We had Musica and Gilev. And then we all went separate ways for various reasons. Three directors, small company. We were all a bit young, a bit naive, if I'm honest. And uh, we set up Musica. We set up Musica at the time uh, to be an Israeli music offering because we felt that the um, the London scene of, uh, let's call it Israeli music, was quite poor, wasn't a great standard. Started it from there. And to be honest, it's just grown. It's grown like in, in directions we didn't know it was going to grow and to what it is today. Only through hard work though, Jeremy. Absolutely. There yeah. must be some people there that really worked yeah. hard and uh, yeah, I respect Whoever them. they are. Whoever yeah, they yeah. are. Yeah. Please come forward. Well, yeah. Aaron, coming back to you, um, White Paper, where, where does the name come from? Okay, Tell everyone. so... Just going back slightly after my experiences at the shul, I then felt that I needed to get into something a little bit more glam. At least I thought it was at the time. Funny because I also bluffed my way into a hotel as well. Actually, um, notice that there's some bluff. Yeah, there's there some, is a lot of blanking. Well, going on. yeah, probably for the same reasons. But I got I managed to get myself a job at the Savoy where I spent four Hello. years. Hello, Savoy. Yeah, special events manager rather than just straightforward kosher. But that meant that I was working on a Saturday and a Sunday, and then back in on a Monday morning. So yeah. it was yeah, it wasn't really any in any way glam. But his, but his after, Sabbath observance is questionable. I was going to say yeah, that must yeah, have pleased your parents. Questionable. questionable. Yeah, but that, again, that's a whole a whole another episode. Okay. Um, Sharon, but after, Jack, after, if you're watching, <laughs> after times at. I also spent time at the Langham, the Savoy, Times in Corporate Banking, and then the Four Seasons. And actually, White Paper came about in, in 2011, 2012, when I, just, when I looked at and, and just felt that, that creatively it was very stifling being in one uh, venue, working on behalf of one company. And I really felt that from the event side that something a little bit different uh, was needed in the industry. White Paper is a name, full credit to my my wife the name itself that's where it came from the premise is that every event begins with a blank piece of paper that's that's the idea which is the case in terms of how we approach things as well uh, things as well um but that, that it's nothing more simple and the fact that with my name as it is my actual name i didn't feel that calling the company by my name Which itself like yeah was, was ever really going to do anything other than yeah. leave me back in kinloss every other week okay so. now we met in i think 2015 yeah. um when you were given the job of of planning an event that uh, that i was also involved in um i would probably say for many reasons a job that probably changed both of our lives yes very very much so uh it's now kind of iconic i would say amongst certainly your portfolio as a sort of a proper starting point into the bigger yeah. The bigger side of things. I mean, just talk me through. By the way, kudos to Blake Ezra because these images came from Blake. Yeah. Um, but t talk us through the story of this. Okay. So this was. You're, you're very right. This was. This was. And credit to you, I guess. You and I had met, and actually, you're you are you are the person that kindly put me forward to to the client for this particular job at a time when although we knew each other, i am going to tell you they did turn down two others first okay fine you, you, were, you were third All right, but i don't care about that but yeah. actually going back to a, a, a different point yeah this was the event i think like you said that put us uh, on the map but it was also probably the one of any number of different occasions that people underestimated our ability to pull off an event like this yeah and i think that's something that we strive on that idea that people for whatever reason Be beautiful us. flowers um rob van helden Rob Van Helden indeed did an amazing job. And the idea here, this was a this was in the same way as we approach most themed event. It was a take on the Alice in Wonderland concept, but with our with our own twist to it. For any of you that, that wouldn't be able to recognise the venue just by looking at these pictures, it's it's the Claridge's Hotel in uh, in London. Again, one of the most iconic and amazing venues to have the opportunity to work in. And here we just really transformed the space. Um Everything from rooms that smelt different, the flowers designed to look like the ice creams, uh, live actors and actresses that were involved through the process, canapes that 
we, we designed the canopy trays to work in conjunction with the theme. Um, and really uh, an event, as you say, that w- was an opportunity for us to show what we could do creatively, uh, whilst also really building trust with a client that we'd never worked with before, which is, again, something we... we... I have to say it was a sensational, sensational party. We yeah. had a great time. Yeah. Unbelievable. Jeremy, in terms of bands and music, um, I, I know what I think stands you apart, but what would you say stands you apart from you know yourself to other bands that people may choose for their, uh, their parties? I think in... Um... In what we do, if I'm very honest, I don't think it's rocket science. I mean, I think it's a quality control is at the is at the beginning and end of absolutely everything we do. So it's very cliche to say that I can chuck words like we're very bespoke. We are because we try to reinvent ourselves. You're very polished. All the time. We're very polished. Yeah. Um, I think simply we we have a clientele that are very demanding. You know, we're dealing with a lot of high net worth individuals internationally. And the thing is that they're, they're all coming from different backgrounds. So we could talk today, for example, about the Northwest London type of high end Jewish event. But I can quite as easily talk about, you know, Russian oligarch events that we've been involved in and so on and so forth. And I think the one thing that ties a lot of them together is that they're looking for perfection, but not just in the music. A lot of people don't, you know, they might not be able to tell the difference between a great bass player and an average bass player. So the starting point is great quality, but then I think you've got to take that all the way through everything, whether it's costumes, whether it's sound systems, whether it's um, how you run an event. So we try to analyze the events very, very closely in terms of peak times, what to do, when to do, um, so I, I think it's quality all the way through, but it's very difficult to pinpoint one specific thing. I mean, if you can, like you said earlier, then let me know. Yeah, but no. People I mean, do ask us. I'll be honest. People ask us a lot. It's obvious where we are pitched at the market. We are, you know, we're, we're fully aware of other people's pricing and where we sit within that market. So obviously people do ask that question quite often. And I do struggle to answer because number one, I don't get to see the competition. Um, I do. You do. So, well, you so do. Do. you're yeah, very polished. Yeah. yeah so I mean, you're very polished. People say that we're very polished. People say it's very glamorous um, and, you know, everything is done to a higher level. Uh, but what it, I would me, say is I, I often dismiss the fact that I'm at so many events in a, in a, in a year. And we're very lucky because let's put it out there and say our clients generally have healthy budgets at whatever level where they might yep. have to pull back in some places, but healthy enough to make the rooms look amazing with with both your creativities to put that together and what i have noticed sort of over the last couple of years is as bands progress as their production picks up a little Correct. bit it all helps well, to th- add there's a huge amount of synergy there which is why if i'm very honest we love working with our on at white paper uh, i'm not just saying because he's sitting next to me Thank it's you. a genuine i mean i am a bit obviously <laughs> no um because uh people listen with their eyes i'm a very big believer in that so to your average person who comes in before they've even heard a note when they see the type of productions and the type of set designs um and lighting rigs that are synonymous with white paper uh and hopefully with musica as well yeah it's you've you've won half the battle before you start but you you i mean you don't just take care of musica you also do do production as well on occasion so how does that fit so you know you work with a planner you're a band, but yeah. you're both competing in some cases for the same space. Sometimes yeah. there's a caterer who yeah. wants to take care of it. Yeah. Who decides who does what? How does it work? Uh, well, I, I don't know if there's a there's a blanket written rule. On occasions where we're not involved in the event, then you couldn't be in better hands than Jeremy and the team to to address that. They're almost the uh, the the next 
team down, as it were, not down in a bad way, but down in terms of those people that I would, if you were asking me as an event planner, that I would put that that element of the event in their hands. And by I mean that by that, there are plenty of other people you you referenced it just sure. now, be they caterers or or photographers, not photographers necessarily, but caterers or specifically, I guess, in a way that they would like to handle more of the bigger picture. But the obvious people to be linked into sound, light, and look and feel of the room, if somebody like us are not involved, is going to be the band. Yeah. And yeah. um and and Jeremy and I have worked on a number of events, and if there's an instance where we're involved, he knows and he's in good hands to be able to know that we're going to do, uh, you know, hopefully an amazing job. But ultimately, that's again where where from our side, it's super important to us what's going to make the band look good. So for us, we look at the entire picture as one big giant story, jigsaw puzzle, however you want to describe it, that we're bringing together. Part of that, yeah, is the band. So it's not about. I mean, it's never about what we want. Let's put the client over and above everything else. But you'd be it'd be silly to make a room look lovely if you're not accounting for what Jeremy and the team would need. Well, actually, I'm going to flip side that and say I would absolutely agree that when Jeremy does production, for me, the entire room is beautifully lit. There is obviously emphasis on the band, but I will say this is, you know, it's a... An, it's the secrets behind events. There are um, certainly a couple of bands that we work with who, when you go into the room, they're just interested in lighting the yeah, band. Yeah. The room looks extremely poor. Yeah, they're extremely yeah. difficult to work with. Yeah. Um, and with you guys, I mean, I guess we see you a lot throughout the years, but you're across the whole event. Your focus is the whole event, well, not just the band. I think it's, I think it's about uh, two things here. First of all, it's about the background. My, don't forget, my background is not running a band i'm not um you know before i did this you know and i'm not a musician myself therefore the focus is different whilst in, on, on one hand i'm trying to ensure that the the um the uh, performance of the band is top notch i've got people around me that, that allow for that and my interest has always been the look and feel of the space so whilst i don't do um a full service planning such as white paper and that does differentiate us because there are many events where they just simply don't have planners and for us we see it as it's not even a, a financial side uh there's a financial gain obviously to to also offering production services but it's more about control because if there isn't a planner or there's a planner who isn't of a certain level we know that we may end up in trouble be it through staging be it through lighting um be it through ill thought out uh, floor plans and it has a negative impact on us, which means it makes our job that bit harder to do, which then has a negative impact on the entire event. So we step in there to say, you know, to offer our expertise, um, not just as a financial incentive for us, but also as uh, to increase the the level of the event. Yeah. But uh, certainly when we've got... Um, a planner involved of a, on a level and I say on level that's very specific because there's a lot of planners out there that really unfortunately you know there's a lot of people that call themselves planners let's well, put it that way let, just yeah, it's also important to understand what that. a planner does correct yeah, yeah. so so f from our perspective and again like there there are various different levels right so so on the one hand at one extreme you will have and again there is no disrespect to anyone who works at in these particular ways right so it's not about that but on the one hand which is something we don't do uh, there are people who will will work only on the day of the event so in essence they've had nothing to do with the planning they're just coordinators but the problem is these guys do often market themselves as planners and yeah. it's very confusing for the market especially when you have caterers and so on and so forth and lots of people that are all planners the, yeah. the english 
the English market, I would say, and particularly the Jewish English market, is a bit of a hodgepodge of who does what. I think yeah. you know that yeah, as absolutely. much as anybody yeah. else. Yeah, and, I th yeah and, and that goes through to people such as ourselves that will handle every single element. And in part, that that's the venue finding, that's the sourcing of relevant suppliers. It's the, the biggest details, the tiny details, which includes, I mean, it's hard to pinpoint the the, the tiniest thing be that the remembering the clips that go in the couple but the word is detail yeah yes and that's the important so part. going back actually to what you were saying before if i you're asking me as a planner in relation to the number to the bands that we've worked with all of whom in all of whom to a point will do the same job and do that job amazingly be it the polished but touching on what you literally just said that detail that the, the musica and jeremy and the band and the guys will go into to ensure the success of the event in relation to their their part, which again, by definition, makes our life easier from the big picture, is one of those points of difference. Do you find managing sometimes client expectations versus perhaps the budget they're spending difficult? Is that something you have to sort of balance? Because in general, clients can either be an absolute breeze or, you know, things can become a little bit confusing and complicated if they don't necessarily know what their vision is. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So I've, uh, there's a couple of things I would say on, on budget in general. Right. And I think these are super important because I think there is a, uh, I'm going to use the word misconception, but I don't know if that's hundred percent the right word to use, but we as white paper will, will take the time and sit and meet with anybody who has been nice enough and kind enough to reach out via phone, email, Instagram, whatever it might be, right? I, I don't care initially what somebody's budget is. I care about the fact that they think we might be able to help them. Sitting down and giving them the time of day and an hour of my time to be able to help them on their way, even if it's not and ends up working with us, is really, really important. And I, and I think there's a massive differentiation between people that will look at things in a kind of pounds and pence manner all the way from the very beginning, rather than those that really think cleverly not cleverly well yes cleverly enough and big picture enough to think about how treating people is of of big you know of value yeah in terms of the budget you're absolutely right um i think it's very difficult for a client and with very good reason because why should they to have any idea what putting an event together really will cost up until the point that they're working with whoever it might be to put that numbers. budget together. It's know. very, very difficult. You look at know. you look at Instagram, you look at Pinterest, yeah. you look at a, a band playing music, you look at a you know a, a lovely floral display, a cake. You've got no idea how those things have, have been put together. You've got no idea of the specifics to that particular something. It's only when that budget is put together. And I would argue, therefore, there might be, no matter what the budget is, a slight disconnect between whatever amount there is that can be spent on that event and the ideas and where they began in terms of what your vision might be. And that's for me as a planner, but that also from the client perspective. Also priorities. I think people prioritize in very different areas. Absolutely. So you, we're, we're quite lucky in that respect that a lot of people prioritize entertainment. They see it as the, you know, the driving force, if you want, of, a, of an event. Some people will put that on flowers. Some people put it on photography, video, you know. Yeah. So it really, that, that's... Uh, Interesting. And then when you're, they don't always, they never put it on planner. I don't think. They should. No, they should very, a good one, but they should. They should. It's very, because, because it's fun. It's, and again, I, I, it's educational. Because yeah. but Aaron, people... this is where this is where, and this is I'm really, really, uh, I'm, I'm passionate about this because because I do work with a lot of planners, not just you. Um, we see that there are planners and there are designers and there are producers and <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> excuse me, all different names for um, people doing similar events or similar jobs rather. But there are very few that really do deliver what it says on the tin. And in terms of creativity, uh, I really think white paper are, are a world apart and 
said that many times to clients and to all sorts of people. And I think just the creativity side of things can set you apart from other planners, aside from how meticulous you are, how detail orientated you are, and, and so on and so forth. But there's a lot of planners that bring zero creativity. And I question, unless you want just a coordinator, I question why you would then bring somebody who's going to deliver something that's replicating every other person. Well, I, I, that I, for I, me is a big I, thing. I'm going to wind there, back but. because when I first met Aaron in 2015, I went to Aaron. Um, the, the client didn't want to go specifically with some other planners that I suggested. And, and I'd never heard of Aaron, but I'd, yeah. I'd come across him. We sat down, we had coffee. And what got me... Here, actually, downstairs. Yeah, just yeah. down the road. <laughs> just what got me straight away was, was the Aaron, man jewellery. Was the man jewellery, the yeah. weird haircuts, the yeah. Obi-Wan yeah. Kenobi scarf. Yeah. And it then, was also different years ago. It was yeah. his honesty to be transparent Sorry, in how he does things. And one of the things we talked about on that, and I remember it clearly, was, you know, we come from a creative background. So we want to create films. We want to make films that work really well, films inside the events as well. And it's all about working with people that can have the clients to make these creative events. And we sat there and we looked at event planners who just roll out the same thing yeah. week in, week out. But I'll tell you now, six years on, yeah. what I appreciate from that conversation is I understand how difficult it is to roll out parties week after week after week. Mm. And I do understand there's a box that those people fit in. Yeah. A, it's probably um, by budget. Absolutely. Because they, it's Absolutely. a budget and they go, here we go, here's a package disco Absolutely. with a package lighting. You get your DJ, you've yeah. got your novelties yeah. and off yeah. you go and, you, and you'll have a great yeah. time. Yeah. And then when you step up, and, and we've always discussed, sometimes it's not about just the budget. Creativity comes in many forms, yeah. whether it's sourcing and finding the little bobbly footballers' yeah. heads or the yeah, yeah. Lego pieces or yeah, whatever yeah. it's going to be to stand the events apart. But I think a lot of the creativity, there's there's slots for everybody within the marketplace. For sure. But I do appreciate that not everybody is a is a planner. No, yeah. but that's the and it's super important to say. I I don't like the idea. I was referencing it before. I don't like the idea of people thinking we only work within a certain budget. I don't like the idea of people thinking that they don't want to call us because they're almost scared to call us i mean i've it's a people i think we all business no but i think it's you if you treat people the right way and again maybe maybe it's well i think retiring to a beach in mauritius but that's that's you have to treat people in the right way it shouldn't matter that yes we are lucky enough to work within certain budgets okay the people who go to uh, you know a restaurant and get an all-in price for an event and love it and they've got a you know think it's amazing that's that's brilliant like yeah. and i'm the first person to you know to, and that's to, us as clients by the way yeah but yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. i tell you the worst thing in the world is doing your own yeah. event when yeah. you're working in a world and i've done yeah. i've done two you're doing yeah. one yeah. i mean it's it's yeah. it's mad yeah but you i think it goes back to the mindset of you the company how you treat people how you make them feel and understanding that, the, you know, this is the first event that these this, these clients might be putting together after their own wedding that they probably didn't have much to do themselves. Like they've got no idea. So why would they know that going to you versus somebody else is going to be either more expensive or what you can bring? It's educational. It's my job to try and explain that. People are shocked quite often. We, we, we find it funny in, in just internally in the office that both ways, we'll, we'll do an event. We, we did an event a couple of weeks ago and some uh, a guest in the crowd just came up to me said, how much is this, mate? Literally like that. Yeah. He just looked at the band, looked at the stage, looked at what we were doing, goes, how much is this? This has got, what is this, like 50, 60K? And I looked at him and I just laughed and I thought to myself, hmm, I wish, maybe I'll bring yeah. him in. You know, yeah. he'll be a great salesman. But it's a perception. Whereas somebody else might look at exactly the same product on the night 
and do what they think is the Jewish maths and count how many people there are on, on stage and go, you know, 500 quid a person and this band should be X amount. Yeah. And I think it really comes back to what Aaron was saying and what you were saying, Gavin, as well, that it's people's preconceived ideas with with fair enough they you know they've got no experience in it they may not have done an event before so they're just going you know it's like me guessing how much a coat is in in Savile Row without having any experience two two things actually to to describe one is it was put to me once that what we do it's like opening night in the theatre with a cast of thousands and zero rehearsals yeah that is what we do. Now, if I was trying to educate a client 100%. in terms of big picture, why working with a planner, whoever it is, if it's not me, it doesn't matter, right? Somebody is because you, you're almost in some ways paying for the insurance in terms of having somebody with enough experience and knows what they're doing above everything else for, for the, for the, and one for the shot what might it. happen. Yeah, you have one shot at it. So, shot, so, so if you can, and if you're lucky enough to be in a position, yeah. whichever level of planner it may be, uh, why would you not want some help? Never mind just simply being able to enjoy the planning process. I mean, so that you're not stressed. For me, that should have been, that this always should be one of the most enjoyable parts. But I know yeah. a lot of clients do find it very, very stressful as well. Yeah. Well, because journey. what taking wed- weddings is a good example, okay? Bride and groom, they're engaged. Uh, it might be a year away. It doesn't matter what it is, right? They are, we are, 90% of the people that you and I, probably Jeremy, are both, all of us are working with, time poor, right? So in part, one of the reasons they may need a planner or need some help of any kind is because they don't have the time themselves. I'm popping up a little wedding that, that, what, that we magic, wedding. Magic, what, what do they magic. what do they what do they do therefore? They try and cram everything into a weekend. The very suppliers they want to speak to are busy at the weekend. Yeah. And then before they know it, three months has passed by and they're super stressed. So they also um don't forget uh there's a lot of people who are n- non professionals who give advice. Yes. Freely oh, well, give advice, yeah. right? And uh, and people listen and without any merit and that's very that doesn't very help. hard yeah doesn't it when we were hard. talking about um, sort of the idea and the idea of budgets just to give you an example of what happened to me recently and i work inside the industry i had a client who phoned and said we'd like to make a pre-wedding film we've got a, a, a dilemma a scenario a problem we can't have the entrance we want because the venue doesn't allow us to have it. It, it, it was a for a sort of a Persian wedding. Okay. And um, we came up with a concept for a film and um, preferred suppliers in the venue. The client asked me, how much did I think screens would cost? You know, 70-inch TVs, maybe six of them around the room. And I'm not in production. Yeah. And I took a guess and I went, I don't know, I'm going to guess four or five thousand pounds i I figured in my head that felt like a good number and then i had to ring the production company who's not someone we work with every day and i got a quote back of sixteen thousand pounds the film to make was two grand yeah and i got a quote back of 16 grand and i'm thinking to myself i could just go to clients must think that as well i can just go to costco buy some tvs where does someone pick a figure of yeah. 16 yeah. grand and that's where i think clients struggle right so there's two points on that one is Again, from a budgetary perspective, we're super careful when we provide our budgets to our clients to be as detailed as we possibly can. We factor in the contingencies to allow for things, but I'm, I will not create a budget that creates the, a bottom line just to win the piece of business. Yeah. Well, we There's had that no recently point with the joint clients. Remember? We yeah. Didn't, didn't, yeah. 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 One of the worst. Th- because they weren't realistic. Yeah. One of the worst things you uh, can do is do that is have, to, is have to go create a situation. I don't know why you'd want to create a situation for yourself where the client says, but you told me or where you, mm. you do something to win the piece yeah. of business and then think your client's going to be in any way happy six months later when you, when you when you've done your homework, which you should have done before and the price is three times as much. Yeah. Well, the other thing is as well, if you're so close to the line, 
Um, and then, you know, invariably there are things that crop up, you yeah. know, there, there, there are just things that people don't think about, uh, before. And then suddenly if you're that close to your line of budget and you're two months out and something pops up that you want or that's unexpected, you just don't have that budget there. Well, you so. get the two weeks before, don't you? Yeah. You get the two weeks before. Well, night. Yeah. 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 Fortnight, it's, yeah. Worse yeah. Like it's an absolute well, nightmare. Well, a lot of people, that. uh, use that. A lot of suppliers use that to their to their benefit because yeah. they know that people will fall for that but it's not nice it's no. not cool it's not moving on nice. just back to your stuff for a second jeremy yeah. you also run um a second so it's a second unit it was yeah. mainly aimed at the bar and bat mitzvah market Correct. i know we we yeah. shot a promo for you, you a did, little while ago. 10, yeah um I, I especially love it i know we shot this quite a few years ago but um oh, it's still fresh jeremy it well, is very fresh. Cool. Tell yeah, me about yeah. how you're saying. How's that going these days? Uh, it's cool. It's actually good. It had, it's interesting. We originally started Avenue 10 uh, for two reasons. Number one, we wanted a smaller configuration. But looking at this video, there's about a thousand people on stage there. But we're not very good at doing small. But we started it because um, we felt the band is great, but it's a real luxurious feel. It's a big live band and it was more... Uh, suitable for weddings. There are people that book music at the band for bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs, but it, it, it's a little bit more suited for weddings or gala dinners. So we created this as a kind of young, dynamic, clubby type of feel. You can see in the in the video with dancers, um, and it's great. Uh, it's great. What happened was we didn't um, uh, like anything. You you develop a product and you sometimes run out of time to market it, so it grew organically. Uh, you know, as as much as it was seen at events, but today it's busy. Yeah, it's a busy. It's I think a, it was. A, it was in that product. format. It was one of the first to do it in that way. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think DJ yeah, Live well. didn't really exist. You 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 had your DJ plus a percussion saxophonist. You yeah. didn't really have it. And again, it goes back there. Even even today, there is DJ Lives, and then there's a polished version, which you can still see the essence of the whole Musica brand yeah. within Avenue yeah. Ten. But well, DJ Live, really, for me, it's funny. It's like there are two terms in, in the music world that I think are just thrown about. Yeah. And no one really knows what they are. One is show band uh, and one is DJ Live. Uh, and DJ Live is probably the most overused because, quite frankly, anybody who's a DJ and adds a live part is then a DJ Live. Um, it feels so, like it's to fill a stage as well, in a very nice it's way. To it's fill a stage. visually to fill a stage. Personally speaking, yeah. uh, for me, I, I love I love live music and yeah. I love DJs. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes I just don't like a yeah. violinist so playing over yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely right. And we're very, very careful um, how we mix the two. Because I think, yeah, you, you particularly coming from the video editing yeah. world, you will see, because there's no way of masking it, that maybe something that works on a dance floor that has energy on the evening, when you come to edit it and you hear electric violin in the wrong key or saxophonist playing in the wrong key, because they have no idea because it's a complete busk. Yeah. And they don't even know sometimes who the DJ is. It's it's a car crash, yeah. for want of a better yeah. word, uh, you know, to edit. Moving on to creativity, you you both of you are two of the most creative people, um, certainly in the industry. There are plenty of others who will appear throughout the seasons uh, because that's what we're about is about the creativity. But people will always ask me and Aaron, you're very well known as being th apparently the yeah, apparently. creative go-to person. I mean, it, it's probably I would say the last six years for you has been a you know a massive. Uh, yeah. curve of a, an uplift you now compete with the very big uh planners across europe you're doing international jobs but how do you come up with your clients with something extraordinary and something different we're going to show some images as well yeah um okay what? so this one's a very interesting one so this one here is claridge's again this was claridge's again um this whole event was based around the background image you can see there is real wallpaper that we used which was 
um, our client's daughter had that wallpaper in her room. From that single image grew the idea that we would create the Beverly Hills Hotel look, given the wallpaper, which then tied into the rest of complete the Complete with dance design. floor swimming pool. Complete with dance floor swimming pool, complete with working awning over the bar that you can see on the right-hand side there. A neon sign on the left. Um, and swans in the pool. Swans in the Hold pool, Hold on a second. As you do. The stairs. You know, these yeah, stairs yeah, to get yeah. into the swimming pool? Oh, yeah, cool, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, so cool. from our perspective, it can be the smallest tiniest morsel of an idea and actually that same wallpaper we used on our invites yeah so we had our, our the guy that did our invitations a great guy called darren from invitation london he did the invitations and he we went to b and q where we found the wallpaper uh took the wallpaper we had it sized and on the back of the invite was stuck the wallpaper yeah. we then carried that through as you can see in various elements of the design and, and that is how the how the how the uh the general creativity grew from from our standpoint, be it walking down the street and looking at Selfridge's windows, be it simply gazing up and seeing a particular something in the sky or just, you know, on a desk. It, it, me personally, it's just an idea that either pops into my head or well, I, you I pull out a kernel from You were doodling in school. I remember you doodling yeah, well, in school. Snoopies and Fido died. Snoopies and Fido, yeah. But, but, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Seven up kid. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and this was, um, this was an event, again, for the same family that we just saw the one, the Ibiza wedding that yeah, we this just was did. Fest. So this was a festival style of event that we did. Um, again, this was, this was as much about just generally being colourful and coming up with some, you know, that, that festival in the back garden, which ultimately is what the event was, kind of feel to things. Um, and going back to another point that you said, sometimes, you know, this is considered a big design creative element, right? How a stage set and dance floor might look. But actually some of the things that we do, some of the uh, most creative ideas are the smallest and those that took time to think about, but didn't necessarily cost the most amount of money. You referenced Lego once Yes. earlier we did an event where uh the it was a an event themed around games uh the the you know the the, the, the twister and we had a twister dance floor we had scrabble name places which we literally went online bought thousands of scrabble pieces to be able to make up the letters and the names that we needed and the lego pieces i went to uh the lego store in uh in leicester square bought a Lego figure, figured out how big it needed to be that it could stand on and how what the angle would be for the escort card to be leaning against it. And then went out and bought them and sat for two Saturday afternoons in my house, piecing together 250 Lego people. But you I've seen you do that. But I mean, so, that's just what we... What about the hanging of the paper? Hanging, swan? okay, so we, we did, you, I don't know, yeah, where, if and if it will come up, but we do, we spent, um, again, for a Japanese-themed event, this is how I think, right? I'll find an image and I'll either figure a way that we can do it or a way I think we can do it. That was 3,000 origami butterflies in however many different shades of pink and white that you as a guest would never have seen by the time you came into the lighting, uh, into the room given the lighting. And we spent from four o'clock in the afternoon till uh, about three o'clock the following day through the night at the Mayfair Hotel together with the production team. I remember seeing hanging, there, literally hanging more. them because for me, it wasn't just about doing it. It was what angle were they going to be at? Where was it going to finish? How over the dance was it going to be? Never mind what the height would be when um, the, the, the bat mitzvah girl was going to be lifted on her chair and would, would her head hit these kind of hit these butterflies. But, but th this that is what comes, makes this it comes back to, I'm uh, sorry to bump, jump in for a second. I think this, just listening to that, that comes back to dedication. Correct. Because when I think about, um, you know, you have to want to be able to do that. You have to, sorry, you have to want to do that. You want to, you have to have the time to do that, the inclination, the effort. And that's, we have a similar 
there's a there's a there is a synergy there because I see that when we are doing set lists for a client, yeah. we can very easily do the same thing as we did the previous week, very easily. And I would say that the overwhelming majority of bands do do that. But when we take the time to really dig deep and ask people. Right, when you were away with your mates last year, what was the song that you got you all going? And when we see that we pull them onto the stage with that song, even though we've had to learn the song, write the arrangement, rehearse the song, and we could easily get away with not doing any of that, puts us in another league. It's funny because I, I think Aaron's got the same dedication. Yeah, and it's funny because when I speak to clients... going to come back to that one, Jeremy. No, because I'm going to kind of add to that. When I speak to clients who tell me from one week to the next. And I know these are people that have been at each other's events, that they were there with Musica one week Sorry, to the I'm next. just referencing some of Jeremy's events as well they, while we go through. They, they word the way they word it is as if it's like that you've done it for the first time, if that yeah. makes sense. And because it'd be we very have. easy. <laughs> often we have. But yeah, because that's the point. Yeah. It'd be very easy to say that from, to clients that went to the same music thing t- two weeks in a row that it just felt the same. But they very rarely, if at all, do I ever get that? It's almost as if but it's the we first drive, time ever we have to be honest, we drive our people, our team, our musicians, our singers nuts. We drive them beyond nuts. Um, you know, we treat everybody as a family and we try to just pay them better than anybody else. I love because- the setup that's on the screen now. Yeah, I mean, it's been tried it's a bit to be of an annoying many setup times. Was well before my time in terms of thinking something that is one of those I look at. Yeah, and think, yeah. wow. It reminds me of the Brady Bunch. I'll tell you where I got yeah. it from. Uh, yeah, somebody said it reminded them of Amsterdam windows, but you know, everybody's everybody's got <laughs> a different look. To. Depends who you're talking to. I actually saw a clip of a David Guetta stage in. I want to say it was in France. I think it was in France. It was some big festival. It was about seven or eight years ago. And I thought it was absolutely, it wasn't exactly like that. So obviously I had to adapt it and musicians and stuff. Um, and when we did it, I remember very clearly the first time we did it, um, every person that walked into the ballroom, they just stopped, their jaws dropped, their phones came out and they just shot it because they've never seen anything like it. Uh, since then, it's been uh, copied a couple of times. What's but, the saying? Copy, but I can't remember what the saying yeah, is. We've had... Well, it's a compliment, isn't it? it yeah, is exactly. It I used to get upset yeah, by it. That's the that's job we did together, Jeremy, didn't yeah. we? Yeah, that was a job in uh, Billingsgate. Yeah. Um, always great to work there because it's just, you know, it's so big. This was another a job at the Dorchester Hotel. Uh, you can see, look, just by doing uh, staging that has steps, they were fake steps. They were not real, by the way. You couldn't, wa- as in they were real, but you couldn't walk up them. They weren't structural. Um but it just gives a depth. It gives 3D. It's a wow. You know, we yeah. try to just create a little bit of theatre or bring in a little bit of theatre. Sorry, one of the criticisms yeah. I hear of bands and, and not of Musica, um, yeah. and which is why I'm going to There are others for Musica. You. Well, I'm sure there are. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, um, one of the things I hear, and I hear it a lot, the band never played the songs we requested. Okay. I gave the band a list. They didn't play them. I know you guys guys work really hard to make Oof. sure if there's a song, an opening dance, it's polished, it's rehearsed. Just talk to me about that sort of element. So, okay. So first of all, uh, as, as I just sort of uh, touched on it before, it's, it's hard work. It's just nothing. You know, there's another way of looking at it. It's hard work to keep adding every single week, minimum five, six songs, which is what we do. Uh, therefore we've got thousands of songs in different genres um i also do it for selfish reasons i think you know over the years we've learned russian music greek music indian music german italian and so on and so forth because it just puts it gives us the opportunity to work in different markets but it is very hard to do it therefore i think a lot of people just jump on the bandwagon of saying no no no, it won't work uh uh you know uh, leave it to us or all those kind of cliches and there is an element of course you know we believe we know better than the client in terms of what works on a dance floor but one thing i always give to the clients they know their crowd better than i do 
So if they say to me, listen, my crowd are going to go nuts for 70s, Motown, funk, soul, disco kind of vibe. I've got no reason to believe that that's not true. So therefore, when we create set lists, we will create set lists around that. But it's another thing if it doesn't work on the night, we have yeah. to be able to adapt and, you know, and that's what any good band will do. But just to not listen, uh, which a lot of bands unfortunately are guilty of, um, I think it's a laziness. I, I, I really, I think it's a laziness or, or they don't have um, enough mu- um they don't, they don't have enough quality. To yeah. be able the, to the, the biggest compliment I hear from you, obviously, about the quality is your interaction with the audience. The yeah. connection with the audience is really, it's palpable when we're at an event you're doing. Because I just don't believe these things should be, uh, there are times where people want a big show and then we can turn that on, um, a big stage show and you can add dancers and you can have 20 musicians on stage and it's, it's very nice. But there's something that when you have a level of interaction and it can't be forced, I think for me, I've got certain singers that are great at it, certain other singers that are great vocalists, but not as strong on the interaction. It's about it feeling naturally. Um, but I think when you do interact and guests enjoy the experience and they feel involved, it takes you to another level. Guests are super key. Yeah. Not, not that you're going to ask me, maybe you are, but yeah. the guests in the room, it, it, it could be music, it could be any band. If they're, if they're not good, if the, if the guests aren't in the mood or don't have it, it doesn't matter. I mean, I know it's one of the reasons why but bands don't like having clients come down and see them on a on yeah. a night. It's not for any other reason in part based on, it, you know, if the crowd's not there and they're not dancing, it yeah. reflects negatively on the band. But it is for sure the crowd drives the event but just on that point with the crowd there's a lot of bands and i i know this for fact because i speak to musicians and singers that perform in other bands and they tell me that the a lot of bands their philosophy is you've seen what we do you may you may have seen us live you may have seen a video of us you've seen our repertoire we turn up we do that if people don't dance, it's not our responsibility. You know, we've done what we've been contracted and paid to do. We can't guarantee a full dance floor. Now, the thing is, our philosophy is completely different. That's a very foreign concept for me. For me, the dance floor is key. And we will do everything within our, you know, within reason to actually make sure that the dance floor is full. Because otherwise, I just feel that we, we have failed. And I think a lot of bands don't feel they've failed because they will just say, yeah, but it was a, it was a crap crowd. Yeah. And that's, and that's why a, I think the synergy is actually, okay. I think between yeah. all three So I was us, just going to say, yeah, right. we always so one of the th- are thinking yeah. about client. And, yeah. that, and that's the thing. But And then touching on that in, in an event setup, that synergy exists because we might know that the timings we've put together dictate that at a certain time, we're meant to be doing something, whatever that is, mm. right? I need to make sure that you're where you need to be. I need to make sure that the caterers are ready. I need to make sure that the uh, guy making the announcements is, is ready to go and that the person who's going to be introducing the next speech is, is setting up, Right. But I also need to know that if the crowd are having an amazing time, I've created the flexibility to let the band yeah. do what they do well. The flip side is I might need them because I've been told in, in I was going to say in my ear, but walking around with one of those things is my worst nightmare. But yeah. I know the kitchen, for whatever reason, needs 15 extra minutes. I know that I can. And again, it's not it's not the case with every single band. But I can go and I can say to Jeremy, listen, I need another 15 minutes. You yeah. just got to turn it on. And I know that they are not working from a set list, which dictates that they're going to have to yeah. finish at a certain point yeah. because it's they simply don't have any more it's flexibility. Yeah. And, 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 flexibility. And that's the same. And going, you know, the that, that planning world, that is one of those other things that, that we would be in terms of on the day and the what looks like a simple timing list. There's, there's I tell clients don't even, you know, it's written on a piece of paper, forget about it. Because yeah. once you get going, any number of variables can change things. And that's why working as a team is, is just the most but important pa- element. The passion, the passion of wanting, and I think all three of us here do share that, the passion to deliver a memorable party, which is 
energy, you know, which is full of energy and it's highly charged is what is, I think it's why we do this. Um, you know, there are other professions to go a into. A million percent. And I think if you don't have that, yeah. I think if you, and there are people, unfortunately, in the industry, like in any industry, industry that don't have that, but you can't really fake it. So for me, if I leave, you know, Grosvenor House at midnight and I'm driving home, first thing I'm doing is I'm on the phone to my band leader and we're analyzing the hell out of the whole job for good and for bad. And we take it very, very personally. If it's not a good party, rather than just saying, oh, it was just a weak crowd, we just punish ourselves oh, about same. why. Why <laughs> didn't it, it work? If there's you know, anything why? that... Oh, my God. Yeah, no, yeah, sure. You don't want to come near me for days. Yeah. If I think in any way... Because you that take I've it personally. Because you take it. Or that the client may come away in, and it not have met so, there. And, that, and that's the reason. Sorry. Go on. And it actually, it, it go all the way back to the first event that we were talking about before. I, I don't get excited at the end of an event, Right. You know, thinking. I have noticed that. It's very simple. The bar is extremely high. The baseline for yeah. the success of that event is that it went unbelievably because yeah. of all of the work that every single person, not just us, yeah. the client themselves, never mind all the other suppliers that have put in to make it a success. So, you know, it, it, exactly it just, it just had to go. Yeah. There's no other chance. And when your job is done and you're analyzing on the way home, we start our work. Correct. <laughs> and it doesn't I was matter say, how yeah. good yeah. or bad the party was for many different reasons. Our job is to make it look a million dollars. Believable. Yeah. yeah. And there are many. Times I was going to ask you how you do that when you've had a weak party. Well, unfortunately, I think all three of us, and we are fortunate in this, we work very often with great crowds absolutely, and yeah. there's lots of love in the room 100%. And, and, and it works. But what do you do when- There are moments. So the, we, have a, we have a strategy for that, which is that when we're filming and we're filming around a dance floor, let's say the dance floor's not so busy at a party, we film much tighter shots mm. so we can get round the fact. Yeah. When we look at the edit, we make sure that the edit has energy and fast pace yeah. uh, and that picks it up because nothing goes out until it's perfect. Yeah. There, you cannot be sloppy. And also, I kind of feel that over the years, even through COVID actually, what we came to realize when COVID happens and the event industry shut down, and by the way, one week after shutting down, we had finished all our work because we are always yeah, on yeah. time. We're very yeah. fast delivery. Yeah. So with that, we sat there thinking, God, the, the you know the the wheel had stopped. What and happens actually, now? What happens became we realized that we were a, a factory of for, for delivering really quickly, and we took a step back from that. And now, when I watch what's going on in, in amongst sort of the event world, and people are filming three times a week, and they can't get films out, no. clients. It still doesn't happen yeah. to us yeah. because we're just a little bit more selective over the work we do do. We still want to deliver top end to the client uh, in terms of delivery of their film. Um, but actually, this isn't about me anyway. No, but yeah. just going back no, to no, that. It's interesting. A, it is interesting for us. I'll, 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 I'll tell you points. one scenario yeah. where, which falls into your world. And I don't mind saying it. Yeah. We talk about planners who plan and planners yeah. who turn up. We did a job uh, last week uh, and at this job, you know, for us, if I am, uh, there's a Jewish dancing and it goes into a speech, you guys know full well that you will wait till um, someone gives a nod that the lead cameraman is ready because you probably have to change Correct. lens. The Jewish dancing stopped and in half a second, the someone was on stage, yeah. started the speech, we are mid-grabbing cameras, yeah. errors, no yeah. communication with yeah. the event planner. Yeah. Right. Uh, not necessarily their fault, you know, sh should that no, be No, but it's to the detriment of it your... Is, there is yeah. no detail in that. No de yeah. I want to get onto a couple of other bits and pieces because yep. time yeah, really yeah. flies by. Yeah. Um, for everybody watching uh, and listening across the podcast channels, top three tips for anybody planning an event. Top three tips for you guys to your clients. That could be managing budgets. That could be first steps. Wow. What, what would it be? Wow. You you'd, think, you'd think we'd know this one, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, top three... Um, I would say, number one, know your crowd. Because I'm seeing it now. I'm planning okay. my daughter's bat mitzvah. 
And when I make any decision, be it on the formality, seated versus stand up, uh, where I do it, if it's far away, if it's, you know, the the people I'm going to use, I've always got the back of my mind. I know what my mates are like. I know who's a big dance animal, who isn't. I know how many elderly people are coming. I think knowing your crowd, a lot of people don't think about it. So they just make decisions based on what they what they want or what they think is right for the party, but without thinking that you actually have got 150 or 200 or however many people that you're deciding And for. funny enough, that's where we all think about the crowd and the party, don't Correct. we? Not about but I think own. a lot of clients don't think yeah. about that um, naturally. Yeah. If you're, if you're a client who is lucky enough to work with a planner, and I'll assume that that's kind of the lead there. I think you have to, I want to say relax is one of my top tips. If you are lucky enough to be working with a planner, then you're employing that person to help you along that journey. Yeah. Stressing out is not, you know, is not going to help you at all. And if if that planner is a good planner, they'll be guiding you about what needs to be done at what time. So one of my top tips would be if you're at that point where you've decided that's what you want to do, like relax. What about a tip uh, on budgets? Because people don't even know where to start. Spend big, yeah. spend big, yeah. go big, go big. Or Great, go home. Really do you helpful. think it's really yes. important for a client to go in with a number to start with so they know where yeah. they're I comfortable? Don't, well, you say yes, but I don't know that they would know what that number is. Yeah. No, no but, that's the problem. No, I, I tell you, I, well, well, sorry, they, won't, they just... won't know what things cost. Yeah. This is where there's a bit of a conflict but they may know because what I they understand where Aaron's coming from. Right, but you might have no, you might but... have a global figure where you go, listen, I'm chucking this party. I can't chuck more than 50K at it, for example, right? Yeah. You sort of know that. Then it comes to people um, with Aaron's talent to be able to say, okay, you've got 50,000 and you want to do, I don't know, a Friday night and a, and a lunch and a Sunday, you might say, well, we're not going to do three events, you're going to do two. Yeah. Or th- th- this is well, his area it's, it's of Well, more it, the, the, the harsh nature of the world that we are in right now is that if you take our average 180 to 200 people, if you take a West End hotel because, and again, there are many, many venues. Yeah, you're generalizing, about the level that we're working and, you, at, and yes. you're taking a kosher caterer. Yeah. Okay. Just because, though, what I call those those kind of the the the, uh, the fixed costs yep. of those kind of top five elements, Start catering, out. venue. It's not yeah. about starting out, but you will hit a certain number. You will hit a certain number on that big budget that hasn't even accounted for what the room might look like, the um, hoodies you want to provide your kids with, sure. or the, and you'll so. But doesn't that link in exactly what I'm saying? Is you you're going to have to at some point if you've got this large budget or small budget, it doesn't matter. You've got a budget in mind. At a certain point, you're going to need to look at it and go, where are my priorities? Asset allocation. Yeah, so exactly. correct. So priorities exactly. is a very good uh, priorities is, is another good one, and it sounds silly, maybe, but you know, get those get that guest list written down. Work yeah. out how many people because the more information you can provide, yeah. well, us with a lot of people, the more don't honest do we that. can be. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you you can do it for a certain amount, as I said to you before, just to secure the piece of business. But I can absolutely tell you that if you tell me that you've got 200 people and you want to do it kosher catered and you want to be doing it in the West End doing it for 50 yeah. grand it's yeah. just it's just not gonna well, happen we, had, that's we, we both had Why? exactly that with that client yeah. with a client that, that thought they would have a b c and d over a whole weekend with a huge number of guests and when you just did the basic maths on the back of a fag packet it just didn't work and, I, out. and, I, and it's mad i have to turn around to a, cl- a client a potential client and say that a hundred thousand pounds based on the information you've provided me with is not going not to enough. be enough yeah. for your yeah. event how how ridiculous is that but well, it's it, very important it is, to say it's it not enough in the top end okay, of the yes, market. Yes, fair enough. Top okay, end. I'm not trying to, Interestingly, yeah. uh, we are quite often we run a, a, a giveaway. We love yeah. doing it. We yeah. give away free filming for a bar about mates for Jeremy. You didn't enter because I would have happily obviously thrown your, your name into the ring. <laughs> but 
we give one away. Time. And very nice, it does lead, obviously, to you know people calling us, contacting us. And we had a lovely client rang us up. We'll always take the meetings because people just assume you're too expensive. Yeah. But we ran well, yeah, down we and she that. told me that she had a budget. She wanted to make a music video. Yeah. Okay, music videos for us start around four to five thousand pounds. And she said she had a budget of thirty thousand pounds. And instantly, I said, "How important is this music video? Mm. Because it's way out of kilter yeah. with your entire budget." Now, I can probably come up with an idea that could fit in but let's yeah. just start with and i'm not a party planner but what's your food cost going to yeah. be and by the way that's gone up significantly yeah, massively. Yeah. Everything yeah. what's yeah. your production cost your yeah. hire and really what do you have because the last thing you should be thinking about now is a music video yeah. maybe we could just do a song for okay you so that's super important because whilst not trying to prevent you getting your business but what people don't think about is the video which is their starting point which they want to do then means we need a screen that screen Correct. has yeah. to be a certain size cost. to be able yeah. to show the video. Once you've got the screen, it needs more content because you're not getting a big screen 100%. for the sake of your two-minute video. Then we need to think about where's the DJ going to go so he's not standing in front of your screen. I mean, there are any number of connotations that right at the beginning yeah. or through the client's mindset of what they think they want to do. And again, this goes back to the fact that they may have been to loads and loads of events and now it is their turn to do their event. Absolutely. So you know you can't expect them to to know everything now's their turn to really get have their eyes open it's funny when i go in and people invite us to come in and talk about maybe doing a music video or a speech replacement or something the first thing i do is say right before we start here's this is what roughly speaking that's going to cost you but by the way your screen and probably if you're having a big led or could cost you seven eight grand you're going to need additional content you could end up spending with us you know 10 15 20 yeah you got to look at your budget because yeah. we can do other things that don't involve that. Yeah. It's not yeah. just about, yeah. you know, yeah. the, the, the making the content. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Um, is there one rule you live by in your businesses? I, from our perspective, it's not a, a rule necessarily. We put the client first. End of story. I do not care. I will, you've done this. I've done this. I will put my hand in my pocket. If it, means, if it means being able to sort something, not, not because anybody did anything wrong, but if it's going to... The client may not even know, to be fair. We've had that instance before. We had a gift provided by the kids uh, for the Bimits boy. It went missing. Right, okay, it goes missing. Doesn't matter how, what. I have no idea to this day why it was. Or can you tell me, ask the client, what was it? Mm. Tell me about it. Within 24 hours, it had magically appeared. Yeah. Because just just do it. Yeah. yeah. If you do not treat the client right in the events world, yeah, you're, you're an idiot, number yeah. one. Number two, yeah. you just will not, you're, you're, you're done. So for us, I don't care about the, I care, sorry. If, if the, in the order of importance, you know that the, the way that the client is treated is absolutely key and it should begin and end there yeah it's a people's business so i think for us i would say we just try to exceed expectation every single time because to meet expectation is nice but when you exceed it and you get letters and calls afterwards saying we knew you were going to be good but we had no idea that it was going the party was going to be like that i think for myself or for aaron that's what it's all for about. me if i'm lucky the only time i ever get nervous Okay, is when people are going to walk in and see the room for the first time. Oh, of course. If they walk in and they burst into tears, usually I know I'm all right. Yeah. <laughs> usually it's the good tears. Yeah. But it's that... that, I, it's I, that I, I film that many times. Because because we have yeah. a situation where people genuinely, from that perspective, side of what we do, they have no... Moment. No, but they have no idea. I know. I've shown the mood boards. They've seen CGIs. They, you don't get it. So that that is that first point of validation in terms of them understanding it. And then, then I know... I still I'm have... I still genuinely, which is funny to think, even when I think about it now, but I still have moments where I'm nervous at large events. You know, it might be a new uh, a new market or something. And that five minutes, just when the whole band on stage before the doors open, I'm just shitting myself that the sound's not going to work or something. And it doesn't matter how many years I've been doing it, 
And I think the minute I don't care so much anymore or don't think about it, then yeah, I'm out. I'm right. you, you I, think I agree. I'm, I'm, I would agree as well. I'm with that. Yeah. With five minutes to go, we've had situations where yeah. the sound's cut, something's <laughs> gone. You've got that goes all the way back to what we were saying about I can't even hear it. by the right team. <laughs> yeah. You know, what do I do when I've got meant to be calling? I'm literally practically ready to open the door. Something happens. The, yeah. the yeah. band needs something. You're, you're stuck. Something, whatever it might be. The caterers it's, stuck in a lorry. It's, and got yeah, it's, it's, uh, we're coming towards the end of the show today, guys. But before we do, um, as we will do on every episode of uh, our podcast, we have questions from Instagram. So we put out questions now because we've just launched. We've got (laughs) there's none from your brother. Don't worry. But let's have a let's (laughs) take a little look. Um, So how competitive is the pricing of events? Are you always up against the same planners? Aaron, I guess that's primarily directed at you. Uh, So people who have no idea how we work and, and what we charge for our services. I'll either have people who come and they've spoken to somebody at the complete opposite end of the spectrum. And then they're super shocked when we explain what we do, how we do it. And, and therefore trying to justify why we're, ch- we're charging more money. Um, but it, on a day-to-day basis. Yes. We find ourselves up against the same planners. I think, uh, over, over these last few years, I've been very lucky enough to see that that it's different planners that I'm up against yes. in, in that way. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I, and, and I still get super jealous when I see things that I've not done or I never had a look, chance of doing and I think oh, mm. I really wish I had a chance to do so that. So you're not fine because we find this but I'm, I'm sure you do as well. Do you find sometimes that you're not up you're not up against anybody else as in they just want to come to you they just want to use you it's just a question of price if you can make the price right because we get that quite often. Yeah I, I get that sometimes which is a, it's a big compliment when you know that it, they'd love yeah. to work. Listen I've got situations where people would love to work with us um, they can't and I will do my best to guide them in whatever way I can Partly because I, he I hate that thinking they work that, a bit harder. No, I, I hate know, that thinking maybe that take that, a second job. <laughs> yeah, I hate thinking that they would they they know what we do, really want that, and 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 almost need that. I need to be able yeah. to help them if I can on how to set them on the right road. Well, it's interesting because, uh, and I think we mentioned this before, Jeremy. You mentioned it. Sometimes the worst thing is being not called because people turn you down because Definitely. they think on price. Yeah. Yeah. And I would tell you now, I've done. But jobs, you're a victim of your own success. I've done jobs yeah. over the last where you meet with a client and yeah. you think they're the loveliest people and they've got a budget of fifteen hundred yeah. pounds and yeah. you think, well, how yeah. can I help you? Yeah. What yeah. can yeah. I yeah. do? Yeah. And vice versa. I'll, I'll tell you why. Because, oh, because yeah. those people, and I've had it, I've had it in instances where we we unfortunately didn't win a job and I could have treated or, you know, th- that particular person in a certain way or been dismissive, whatever it might have been. Those people will rock up at your they events. They will, they will. Never, I mean, you. I've had some stories of people, yeah. I had zero idea these people were connected. Yeah. Yeah. The idea that these people would you come, make come to one of our events and feel horrible because of how we may have treated them because they weren't yeah. able yeah. to work with us. Oh, I, yeah, I can't, yeah. I can't deal with that. The day we're just also we're, we're i think there's a lot of people in our industry that have uh, very big inflated egos for no reason and at the end of the day yes we're working at a good level yes we're very proud of our work but we're doing events we're doing weddings yeah. we're doing parties we're not curing cancer yeah. you know so yeah. sometimes i think we need to look at ourselves and take a little step back it's it, go, sorry just you know, referencing that specific point it's very competitive and you should not be fooled by thinking you will get the same service by paying less yeah, yeah. Let's go on to the next question. Um, what's the advantage of using a planner with a bigger team? Is there an advantage versus, I guess, like a, a single person? Would you, if somebody said to me, how, if based whether it's funny, well, they probably did a few years ago. If somebody based whether or not they would work with us and whether we had ten people in the team, but I think the whole world that, brings in brings in freelancers, so it's almost a mute point. We don't. No, but if you need freelancers for an event, with that event you showed that we did in Ibiza, that was two people. 
Yeah, yeah, that's why true. because if it's done, if it's done in the right, I mean, don't get me wrong. Okay, there's yeah. a, there, absolutely. I'm not trying to be dismissive no, of the freelance roles. Role. Yeah, yeah, and there are freelancers who that's that's how they do it. So no, yeah. I'm, I'm 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 being unfair there. I don't believe that having a team of 10, 10 on an event with clipboards, yeah, that, with clipboards that, and headsets that. when there's nothing for them to do, if We've worked you've with that, gone yeah. to the detail of planning it in the right way, of course, if there's if you're on site, it's 400 people, it's being taken place across four buildings, of yeah. course, that's a, yeah. but yeah. everyone has to have a job. If somebody said that we would only hire you, if, I'm very lucky. If, I, if somebody thought that they had to pay me more money because I had 10 people I needed to support and a big office and all of those other overheads... I think now we're lucky enough to be in a position where I can prove the work that we've done. And if I told people that that was only done with like one other person, yeah, I don't think that should make you any can difference. see sometimes we, we see it. Cause again, we see, you know, all over the place, different planners. And sometimes it's just a numbers game. They've just got, you know, 12 people with their company t-shirts on. But actually if you go up to each and every person and ask them what their role is there and what they're doing, and if you ask them for a simple thing, like I, any question, they haven't got a clue. Yeah. So yeah, if you want to just look big, um, Worst thing you could do is the same with caterers. Go up to one of those people and ask them a question that they've got no idea about. In the same way as what canopy you hold, they don't know. Yeah. How annoying! Yeah. Let's move on to the next question. Uh, what's your favourite event you've ever planned, Jeremy? Let's start with you on that. Maybe a, a, a performance. Um, that's a good question. That is a good because there are so many. Um, You know, there isn't one that just sticks out. I have to be honest. There isn't one that actually just stands out as the event. Uh, I've just enjoyed so many of them for different reasons. I think the first few big international events that we did. There you go. Because uh, it was fun. Because you more, can't be it, Switzerland in this. You can't sit on the fence. Yeah. <laughs> no, I won't put Switzerland in. But I think the first one we did in Israel, actually, for me, stands out. Because we do quite a number there every year. And Israel's a very special place for me. My, mom, my mother lives there. I've grown up going there. Like Aaron has as well. And um, to actually think that somebody somebody valued our you know our band good enough to be able to take to Israel that has their own bands there yeah it was it was special and Aaron for you um, I th- again it's it's hard to pinpoint one I think those events that I'm able to build a proper relationship with a client where they want to know when we're popping around for a cup of coffee or they that cake that they made is like ready for us and we can literally just rock up at any time for nothing other than to shoot the breeze. So for me, I think of it in in those regards. I, again, if I highlight back to the event that you showed, I think that was a favourite because it was the first time we were able to properly show our creativity, and that launched us yeah. in that way. Um, but yeah, it's hard to pinpoint. Beautiful. Okay. Um, would you say there are any tiers of event planners, and if so, what are they measured by? Uh, there are definitely tiers for sure. Um, would you say it's measured by budget? Or would you say it's measured by creativity that goes with the budget? Uh, budget for sure. Um, but actually, you can find people who are super, super organized but aren't good with people and then forget it. You're doomed yeah. from the off. So I think the, the the tiers, I would say, overlap. But yes, I budget, think event planners are probably they're probably judged by the kind of events. And today where everything's on Instagram, everything's, you know, uh, photos, yeah, but don't, that's video, also digital. but that's yeah. dangerous as well. I could. No, but it answers the questions because it says, you know, would you say there are tiers of event planners? I think there are. I don't think they're necessarily right. And I don't think the criteria for putting one over the other is necessarily right. But I think there are definitely tiers. There's perceived tiers. tiers, I would would say that some are, and, and, you know, listen, you guys at the very pinnacle of of the events, well, there's not many people above you unless they're globally traveling in the world week in, week out. Um, But there are certainly people that just specifically do local and don't, generally Correct. tend to get into the big west end yeah. venues yeah um, and they can do very well and they can do very well yeah so there's yeah there's definitely a tier. um 
let's have a look at the next one. Some planners charge a fee. Some take commissions from suppliers. Do some do both? Ooh. That's a tricky <laughs> the one. The million wow. dollar you question. Li- yeah. We literally said we only had a few minutes. Yeah. Uh, so yes. Yes and yes. <laughs> I think the the main element where that's concerned is making sure that, that the person you're working with is telling you it's all about transparency isn't it that's the bottom line one of the things about events is it's always been thrown that people are not necessarily transparent about the way things are done and i think that's very important um i'll tell you what's very difficult nowadays as long as you set your stall out yeah yeah. exactly and it didn't exist however many years ago but now going back to the whole educational element you've got clients that go online and or will pick up the phone to the supplier I mean, it's, it's, it's. Oh, I spoke to another planner about this the other day and he told me I can't make money anymore. And I said to him, what do you mean you can't make money? Well, you know who he is as well. So we won't mention names, obviously. But he said, look, 20 years ago, somebody would come to me for a birthday party and I would be able to source the chairs, the balloons, the tablecloths, the DJ, the everything, basically. And there was no Google. Um, you know, there was no, maybe I'm going back a bit more than 20 years, but you know where I'm getting to. It, it, and people could therefore mark up everything today you can't because if you say a chair is four quid well that person will go online and see yeah, it might not be like for like there's an education there's an I'm element there ownership is, of it you yeah. might say and, and there's a value to that of course well that's it's a big thing, issue i have because right i have, caterers. I have sorry, heard that but... with, with caterers and some other planners where they say well sorry you booked all that stuff don't get yeah you, you, uh, you know you're, you're in charge and who's wrong and who's right uh, yeah i mean it's a difficult one a difficult yeah. one but anyway let's let's move on from that i guess it's about transparency would you rather at a bar mitzvah um a band or a dj me as a Both. punter <laughs> me as a me as a punter i'm yeah, dj, I take DJ. Yeah. i'm dj jeremy um horses for courses maybe yeah i i think there are certain things that a band can do that a dj can't and vice versa yeah switzerland you are switzerland, um me. what's the largest band you've ever put on jeremy 40 piece 40 piece where yeah. was that um lithuania wow of all places yeah <laughs> That 40 flights, 40 hotels. I once looked... 40 meals. I, once looked three, I know, wow. I'm not bad, not bad, but I once looked into booking the whole uh, London Symphony Orchestra for an event. Oh, wow. Did you? It's not yeah. that expensive, let me just tell you. Yeah, yeah. but that, what happens often is when you have entire sections, so you might have a string section of just 15 strings, you know, before you've even started, and then a horn section, so you've got five saxophonists and four trumpets and trombones, etc. So before you've even spoken about... It grows and grows. Um, (laughs) In general, do brides' parents still pay for weddings? Um, I have no idea. I'm asked that quite a lot, actually. Um, So there's sometimes it goes... Uh, there's a mix sometimes uh, one set of the families may cover photography videography floral, sounds like BQ watches sounds like yeah, BQ watches is a bit nervous yeah yeah, yeah. Um, a wedding coming up congratulations there's there's no right or wrong there's no right or wrong yeah yeah okay different family circumstances yeah. Yeah. Uh, how much do DJs charge uh, you're asking I think oh, I from know. I would say and I'm really having a little bit of a guess here yeah. i would say from 500 pounds oh i was gonna say from 750 yeah i don't from 850 my friends i would suggest oh, really? oh, yeah. Jeremy, okay. you, uh, yeah. sorry I'm I'm right. Right. i obviously know some cheaper ones yeah, yeah. clearly uh, i would say they range for anywhere from 850 to three three and a half grand that well by the time you're in that you're into the kind of dj that will come and do you a 45 minute set i think if yeah, you're asking about djs on our scene then i would say yeah even less than a thousand is hard to get if you're asking me what djs in a in a in a small party in a pub kind of situation there are definitely yeah, DJs for three, four, yeah. god bless yeah. tony perry he must have gone up by now absolutely and the last question we have here is what is the best and worst part about being an event planner aron it's 
there it, it can be very very draining in our case the, the amount of effort that we put into it you literally come away on a monday and the guys just can't move forget it it's like it's absolutely knackering the flip side to that is that it is the is like i said before the underestimation being underestimated is is actually quite i don't like that um so that that winds me up a little bit, okay. but uh, yeah, you, it's it's very time consuming. You give a, you give your heart and your soul if you're doing it in the right way, and so that's the best bit because you see the event and you think it's amazing, and then it's just the worst bit in terms of being knackered at the end of it. Gentlemen, it's been an absolute pleasure having you both with me today. I've thoroughly enjoyed. We could have gone on for Thank hours. You. Literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even cover half the questions I had oh. to be honest. You, but you were absolute superstars, legends. Mm-hmm. The pair of you. Thank you very much. Legends in our own minds. <laughs> Uh, if you've enjoyed today's show, please don't forget to like and subscribe to our channel. Uh, we're going to be growing and we can only grow with your input. So if you have any questions you'd like to ask of future guests, please do email them to info at gavsymedia.com or drop us a DM and we'll see you on the next one. Great to have you here. I had decided I wanted to get into events. Don't rush into anything. Left university and pretty much went straight into it. It's just got to happen. So do what you need to to make it happen I've, I've never been one to follow rules we've spent a lot of time together haven't <laughs> yes, we? we have always keeping up with trends and fads how do you manage that the expectations versus the reality of budgeting it's always insightful to get a gauge as to what their their reference point is with budget pre-covid i didn't know what zoom was you know everything is done to a higher level that detail jeremy and the band and the guys will go into by definition makes our life easier there's levels and levels and that comes in the details